Right. I've been thinking a lot about just the question of how how do we know how do, how do we step into a response to troubles and anxieties and anger and fear that is truly, you know, um, inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I find myself, uh, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of my anxiety. I mean, a lot of us are aware of our anxieties already, but, you know, like, uh, it's important to, to know sort of what it is that is uh, stirring us up inside uh, because we can get reactive, right? And, and we do get reactive. A lot of times when we feel anxious, when we feel fear, you know, we have our go-to reaction, right? Um, you know, for, for me, it's maybe activity and trying to get busy, trying to figure out what to do, call this person, call that person. This last week, um, we had a guy um, who's the son-in-law of our Tierra Nueva pastor. He's a guy that I've known for probably 20 years, this guy, Lester. And he's, uh, well, I've known him 20 years, I guess. He's a 31-year-old guy. And he was on his way um, up to the United States through the desert, um, I mean, through Mexico. He crossed over on the 22nd, um, swimming across the, into Texas. But then he was supposed to walk, he was supposed to be just walking through the desert for three days. But then uh, uh, five days went by, and then there was that uh, container filled with 50 people uh, that was found in the desert, and uh, you know, 50 people dead. And we were all afraid that he was one of the dead. And uh, so I, I was getting calls through all day long, you know, from uh, his family in Honduras. Um, can you look into who, you know, where, if who was? Uh, Find, see if you can get a list of, the, of those that have died. You know, we found out there were 12 Hondurans that died. There were 22 Mexicans. There were so many Guatemalans. So um, anyway, so I got, I was anxious about this because this guy, Lester, I know him really well. And I know his son, I know his wife. His little son um, is in high school and he's, he was just freaking out because he said his last week of classes and was just all worried about his dad. And so day after day was going by, nine days went by. And, uh, Anyway, so I was calling hospitals and because there were some people that didn't die that were that were just you know uh, hospitalized and trying to find out whether the guy was among those living. And in the end, I felt like God just said, "No, just relax and trust. I'm gonna um, just pray. Just pray for this guy. Pray for him. Pray for him. He needs prayer." And so that's what I did. I just prayed. And sure enough, yesterday we find out that he. He made contact with his family. He's now in Houston. Um, he spent the, the last four days, uh, he spent nine days wandering through the desert. The last four days barefoot. And he was just, uh, I mean, near death really, because he was, uh, it was so hard for them. They had helicopters and they had drones and they had border patrol and they had thieves and they were man meandering their way through in this super hot climate. and. Uh, but he, he, made, he made it, okay, now he's just uh, recuperating. But I mean, people make huge sacrifices, don't they, for just trying to have a better life, and that's his situation. And so anyway, I, I felt like God really showed me how I needed to, uh, I needed to, instead of just getting in my reactive mode and getting all busy and fretting and not sleeping and tossing and turning, um, in this case, I did feel like God just called me to pray, and I felt sort of a, strange peace like it was going to be okay um, and it was 
But um, but then on the other hand, there's stuff that makes me that ticks me off, right? And uh, where I'm not I'm not behaving, I'm not reacting to stresses and tensions, more normal, ordinary, daily things, like I want to. And instead, I'm I'm reactive and um, and I, I don't want to be that way. I want to, um, that, that's what Paul calls living by the flesh. You know, living according to the flesh is just living in your reactive mode, like raising your voice, you know, uh, giving a certain look that's a threatening sort of look. Uh, you know, like, like, what do you do when you're anxious? How do you react? Fall asleep. Fall asleep, okay. Okay, so that's... That can be escapism, a type of escapism, right? Okay, so so think about the trouble as as something to learn from. Okay, that's 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 a good way to go about it for sure. Um, any other ways that you that you uh, like? What's your drug of choice, so to speak, speak for dealing with anxiety? Chocolate. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an actual drug. Like like for some people, it's work. It's working harder. Um, exercising, yeah. Okay. Okay. Food can be that, right? Lots of things. And um, so I want to read you just a couple of things. Galatians chapter five says, um, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you truly desire. Like what we truly want to do, what we truly desire in our heart of hearts is to respond in a way that brings a resolution, that brings life, that brings peace, that's actually maybe even successful, a successful response instead of just a reactive, you know, like just getting pissed off, just yelling or, 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 or swearing at somebody or just, you know, cussing them out or, you know, there's all kinds of things we do that, we, that later we're just, I mean, they don't lead to, to more peace. They lead just to more conflict and make us feel horrible. And Right? Um, and so there's this opposition between the spirit and the flesh. And so how do we tune into the spirit and what the spirit is really telling us to do? Um, this is Galatians 5, beginning in verse 16. But if you are led by the spirit, Okay, you're not under the law. It's not about about rules and principles. Okay, it's not about like like something you can just learn as a point one, two, three, four, five, like a teaching. It's like that's not what this is about. God doesn't want us to be under a, a, a system where it's just like okay, what am I supposed to do? Point one, point two, point three. No, this is more like living um, um, by the Spirit. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. And then there's this big list of all these nasty things, immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, anger, disputes, arguments, envy, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, righteousness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I mean, wouldn't that be nice if that was the fruit of our lives that we were just... Uh, our lives were just uh, an overflow of all these kind of things that were that were happening because we were walking by the Spirit. Like there was all this love, joy, peace, patience. Imagine what that would do for our home life, for our mental health, for our sleeping, you know, for just our physical health. Like we have so much anxiety in our hearts. Like 
you know, our health issues are so often related to just uh, anxiety, fear, anger, pressures, you know, blood, high blood pressure can be from that. I'm not saying yours is, Carol, but, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like these powers that are weigh in on us, like that tell us, oh, I just got to work harder. I just need a job with more money. Maybe we do, okay. But maybe that's not the issue. Maybe we need to uh, learn how to just relax and trust. Maybe we need to learn how to, um, to, you know, to chill out. But it doesn't help if someone says, just chill out. That doesn't help, does it? I, sometimes I'll tell it to Gracie, just relax. And she says, that does not help me, Bob, when you tell me to just relax. And then, of course, when someone tells me just relax, it's true. It doesn't help me either, right? So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's also walk by the Spirit. Okay, so how do we do that? And so what do we do when we're troubled? What do we do when we're angry or fearful? You know, God comes to Cain when Cain is so angry. And God says, why are you angry, Cain? Why are you angry, Bob? Why are you angry right now, Bob? Um, well, but there's that car that's driving ahead of me. It's just one of these stupid vans that it's just these people that these wealthy Amazon workers who make $150,000 and not even 30 who live in Seattle and are just driving and just clogging up our highways. And, and they're just, I was just criticizing this person on the highway today because they were just, they had this big tall van and I couldn't even see around them and they were going so slow. And I was just like, Gracie says, well, don't get down on that person. Like, why are you getting down on that person? You don't even know them. And we have things, you know, we have our fancy e-bikes and you know, you wouldn't want someone judging you for, you know, us. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's true. Why am I angry at that guy? I don't even know them. Why would I be upset with those people? I should be blessing them. But instead, I'm just like, oh, I got to get to Genoa for our church service. And they're stopping us. <laughs> so um, I just love this. Um, this. I want to have the fruits of the, of the spirit, not the fruits of just my agitation, uh, my upset, right? Okay, so check out John chapter 14. This kept coming to me and I thought, no, 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 I know John 14. It's not that, that's not the text that I need to look at. And then it was like, God, I, I kept feeling like I had to look at John 14, but just one verse. Do not let your heart be troubled. Verse one, do not let your heart be troubled. So we can, we can let our heart be troubled or not let it be troubled. Apparently, we can. We, we, we need to have control over our flesh so that we will not let our hearts be troubled. Like when someone says something in an unkind way or asks us to do something when we've already done so many things and we're tired of being asked to do one more thing, okay, don't let our hearts be troubled instead of letting them be troubled, right? And then Jesus says, believe in God. Oh, that's really helpful. Believe in God, Jesus? Well, okay. What does that mean? Believe also in me, Jesus says. Okay, well, that's a little easier. I can believe in Jesus easier than I can in God, maybe, because I can imagine Jesus better. Okay, but what does that mean, to believe in God and to believe in Jesus? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So all this last couple of weeks, I've been reading through John's gospel, I'm just kind of amazed by it and boggled by it. We've been doing Bible study on it. We did a, a Bible study on Wednesday. 
that um, you guys, some of you were here. And it's been powerful to read John's gospel. Because all over the place, Jesus is saying that it's important to believe. Okay? Believe in him. Like the very beginning, it says, um, those who believe, those who receive Jesus and who believe in his name, he gives authority to become children of God. Okay? Like, so believing in Jesus gives us, puts us into that state of being children of, of the Father, of his Father. Okay? John 3, 16 says, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, won't, won't, you know, won't be destroyed or whatever, but will have eternal life. Okay, wow, I want that. I don't want to perish. I, I want to have eternal life. Okay, so how do I believe in you, Jesus? Um, I mean, there's so many scriptures. I was just reading them one after the other after the other. Um, and then you have chapter four, four, where all these people are believing in Jesus, the Samaritans, they're believing in Jesus because of the Samaritan woman and what, and her word. And then they're believing because they themselves have an experience of meeting up with Jesus and hearing him talk. And, and then, um, there's a man who has a son who's, who's dying and he goes up looking for Jesus and Jesus says, your son lives, go, your son lives. And the man believes and it's, he finds out that right at that moment, that's when his son was healed. And then, then he really believes and his whole household believes. And he, so he believes in the word of Jesus. Um, chapter five, verse 24. I'm just going to read a couple of these for you. because John chapter five, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you. That means Jesus is really serious about something. And he says like, for sure, for sure. I'm telling you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Wow. So the one who hears my word, okay, how do we hear God's word? You know, for me, it's kind of like when I, when I sense that God's exciting me about something and something's sounding true, and I want, I want to go in that direction. Like some of these scriptures that I've been reading make me, they resonate. They make me feel like that's what I want. I, I don't want, I want to walk by the spirit. I want there to be the fruit of love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience, all that stuff, you know, um, right? And so maybe believing in the word is just like grabbing a hold of those words and, and making them my own, right? Um, and so then there's another one, uh, chapter six, verse 30. The disciple of uh, the, the Jewish Jewish religious people are wanting to know what they should be doing. They said, "What shall we do?" See, that's what we always want to do. What should I do? Should I go to work? Should I work more? Should I exercise more? Should I eat better? Should I? Okay, maybe we do need to exercise more and work more. But when we're anxious, this is what Jesus says. And Jesus answered him, said, "This is the work of God that you believe in Him who God has sent." Okay. So, um, so believing in, in Jesus is, is, is the work that we have to do instead of just um, trying to make things happen um, according to our dreams and our desires, right? A lot of times we have these dreams and desires and we want to, like, I want to figure out a way to help Lester, okay? And, and I should maybe try to call a few places, but then I thought, no, I could just be, I could just be 24-7. I actually spent probably a total of like 15 hours working on 
his case and I didn't really get anywhere. And then finally, I just realized I didn't need to do anything. I could just pray. And that was enough. That's, that is doing something. Believing is doing something. Okay. It's, it's actually, you're actually choosing to believe Jesus. And, um, and so how do you believe Jesus? How do you believe in Jesus? Like for me, I just, I just, it's, it's an act of absolute faith. It's an act of just faith because I can't see Jesus. I just am trusting. I'm saying, Jesus, help me. Show me the way. I trust you. Open up a way. Uh, give me wisdom. You know, I, I mean, I ask specific things, right? Also, like, show me what I should say and do, or do. Um, verse 35. I'm just reading you a couple of these. There's so many times when in the Gospels, Jesus, chapter six. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not hunger, and the one who believes in me will never thirst. Wow. Okay. Um, then he says in verse 40, for this is the will of my father, that everyone who, who sees the son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. Wow, that's pretty good. Getting resurrected from the dead because we believe in Jesus. I think, I think I'll, that's attractive. Uh, verse 47. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Okay, that's important eternal life you know we never know when we're going to die and so to get our eternal life kind of sorted out that's the thing. um chapter 8 verse 30 jesus says um when you lift up the son of man then you will know that i'm the one and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak the things that the Father taught me. So Jesus models this. He doesn't just do when he's anxious or when he's dealing with a decision. He doesn't just do what he thinks he should do. Like that's my go-to. I just think, well, what's smart? What, I, what should I do? What's a good idea? And I do what just seems like I should do instead of just asking, asking, asking the Holy Spirit, or asking Jesus, okay, Jesus, these are my ideas. My go-to thing is just to go to work, call this person, do that, buy this, you know, uh, try to fix this, the problem. Um, but Jesus doesn't even do what he, what he thinks is the right thing to do. He does. Um, but he says, I speak the things that my father has taught me. And the one who sent me is with me and he's not left me alone. For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Okay, well, how do I do that? How do we do that now? How do we do the things that are pleasing to Jesus? If we're trying to do the things that are pleasing to Jesus, I think we're going to have a, we're going to see the fruits of the Holy Spirit and we're going to see positive outcomes more than if we just do things in our own, according to our own flesh, just by our own strength. That's what I'm, that's what I want to experience more of. A couple more, chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. Jesus said to, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Okay, that's pretty sweet. That's a nice promise. Do you believe this, Jesus says? <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Believe what? I'm going to read that again. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. 
The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. Okay, wow. So there's life even if we die. We believe in Jesus. Like those who believe in Jesus, we're going to live even if we die. Okay, that sounds pretty good. I think I'll go with that. Um, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Like die for good, right? You're never going to die for good. <clears throat> do you believe this? I, do you want to believe this? <laughs> if you want to believe this, that counts, okay? She said, yes, Lord, I have believed, okay? And this is right before Jesus resurrects her brother from the dead, Lazarus, right? Okay. Chapter 12, verse 40. There's so many of these, okay? They're all very inspiring. Um, wait, not verse 40. Excuse me, 1236. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons and daughters of light. Okay, while you're, while you're, while you're seeing something and it's clear, clear, clearing, clear in your mind, Believe in it, right? Grab it, grab a hold of it right when it's clear, because you might, you might not, it might not be clear right after this, right? So right now, to grab a hold of it and to embrace it, it's like a fish that sees a fly that you're dangling in front of it or a worm, and it just grabs it. You got to grab it while it's there, right? Maybe that's not the best example, except God's the one that catches us. So if we grab it while it's there, that's what it means to walk in the light and to become sons and daughters of light. Okay. Um, chapter 14, verse 14. This will be the last one. Truly, truly, I say to you, verse 12, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he or she will do also and greater works than these you will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the son or daughter. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Commandments are just like God telling us, okay, do this, Bob, do that, Gracie, do that, Roger, you know, don't do that, do this. Um, you know, um, and that's what we need to learn how to do is get into that flow, okay? Right, so I'm going to just end with one final verse from Philippians chapter four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. If we have a gentle spirit, maybe before we let it be known to all people, we should get one first. <laughs> The gentle spirit, right? Let your gentle spirit, when you get one, be known to all people. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Okay, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Supplication means like asking. Like we just said, ask and you will receive, right? Anything in Jesus' name. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which goes beyond all of our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's a pretty powerful text. Let's, let's pray. So God, Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to choose to believe in you and uh, that we would hear what you are showing us and telling us 
We pray for whoever is going to be helped, hopefully, by that those people, that you'd help them in advance of them even arriving, that you'd help those people who are there, who are being rescued. We just ask that you'd rescue them even before those guys get to them. Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you teach us faith and, and help us to be able to experience walking by the Spirit and being walking in freedom. And just I pray that your peace would just come strong into our hearts, into our bodies, and that we would we would begin to see more and more of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.